before we begin this episode, let's take a moment. We as the Tita Collective are immigrants and members of the Philippine diaspora, and we also want to acknowledge that we are settlers on this land where we have recorded. We came here in search of better opportunities, which we have received, and we are grateful that we are able to tell our stories and have these discussions with you today. However, we need to acknowledge that we are gathered on land that is not ours. The land that we as a Tita Collective has settled on, which is colonially known as Toronto, is the territory of the Haudenosaunee, the Wendat and Patoon First Nations, and the Anishinaabe, including the Mississaugas of the Credit. So we encourage you to take this moment and reflect and acknowledge the land that you were settled on. This land has been home to many other nations, named and unnamed since time immemorial. And we acknowledge the stewards of this land, past, present, and future, and stand in solidarity with them. If you are able, we encourage you to donate to the Indian Residential School Survivor Society. If donating money isn't something you're able to do, that's okay. We encourage you to research local Indigenous organizations in your area and learn more about Indigenous history in Canada. This is an ongoing practice that all of us can do, not just while listening to this episode, not just during Indigenous History Month, but year-round. Maraming salamat. Enjoy the episode. Gives me patience, tired of trying to explain I've got zero tolerance when they fuck with my sacred space Bar the trolls, hit the corners for escape Build the platforms, take up space Call the scripts to infiltrate Cause you're never not fighting a racist system That keeps powers in place and that fails to acknowledge the root of your pain Took it too personal, over emotional Where are you from? Are you beauty or brains? Over the top, I'm too little or too much Damned if I do and I'm damned if I do not Talking class race and dissection to sections My feelings are valid and I won't dismiss them. I was t- Hi, I'm Ann Paula Bautista. I'm Belinda Corpus. I'm Ellie Posadas. I'm Mary Chris Rivera. And we are the, the Tita, Tita Collective. Collective. Happy, Happy Pride and Philippine Heritage. Philippine Heritage. And Indigenous History Month as yes. well. I just yes. So many things. What a June. What a month. What a year. It's always so interesting trying to line that up when we're on Zoom. <laughs> it never works, but I think it's our it's on brand now. <laughs> uh, yes, we have such a wonderful month to celebrate. We have, we're celebrating so many things today, and we're all really grateful to be able to celebrate it together and to talk about it on this podcast, because a lot of great stuff is happening. The restaurants are open. The sun has been out. People are going to the beach. It might be raining where you are right now, but we have warmer weather. So we're shedding some layers in, in many ways. And I think that's really great. And we're here to talk about pride and queerness and being Filipino and celebrating diversity and everyone's differences and how great and special we are. So I'm happy to be here with everybody today. How is everybody feeling? <laughs> I love June. That's just it. I'm just coming in with this energy that I love June. I love this month. I love celebrating. Wish we could celebrate more together. But you know what? We're going to take what we can get and we can still celebrate how we've been doing it virtually or starting to do it more like in person as vaccines get rolled out, as patties open and 
you know, people can go to green spaces and outdoor spaces, and I'm just ready for that. (laughs) Yeah, I feel... It's weird, because I'm a summer baby. I'm a Leo. But there's a part of me that doesn't like summer. Hot take. Hot Hot take. take. Literally hot take. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just because it's so hot. I, like, ironically enough, like, I, like... I loved my time when I was on in Australia. It was nice and hot, but also like in the Philippines, so hot. The motherland, so hot. But I don't know. I think it's just like the the weather here in Canada. Like when like Toronto summer specifically, it's just so muggy and like humid and gross. And there's like not a lot of like, um, like natural relief in terms of like unless you're close to like nature, you can't like hop on over to the pool unless you have a pool you know but you know (laughs) hop on over to the lake unless you have a lake you know what I mean like (laughs) it's not accessible to like I don't know I I just I I think I just I'm such a springy kind of um like fall person I love a smart in between that when summer comes I feel like that person in the trench that's like hiding you know like like (laughs) summer you know like get away <laughs> i'm not ready for you yet so yeah that, I, but i'm generally pretty happy i'm like born during this time like i like there's so many things to celebrate a lot of my family was born in july so I, actually so it's it, it it's a very i think it's also because it's such a busy time of the year um also reminds me of like um like like street festivals and like summer like uh, markets and stuff and that's also really fun so you know what i'm a smart love hate <laughs> rihanna hate that i love you situation <laughs> wow <laughs> a good rihanna reference that was a good reference for sure thank you so much i would i would sing it but the rights you know oh true i appreciate that <laughs> all right yeah yeah june is it's so it's so great because of all the things we can celebrate and nature is waking up you know like plants are growing like for me being like you know like a plant mom like june is exciting because finally i can put in like summer plants like tomatoes or eggplants things like that things that have been like um you know the seeds that i've sowed in the beginning of the year are starting to become something um and so June is is like a hopeful time of year because of that. It's just like, oh, okay, like watching these things grow and watching watching them flourish. Um, like June really feels like the beginning of of that growing time. <laughs> so yeah, so that's like it's growing season and and so that's exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hear you, AP. Like it's it gets so hot. Like sometimes you're just like, oh, the sun is so why are you being so oppressive right now? Like I just wanna like enjoy a walk. Like, why is this happening? But I mean, the sun's just excited. It's like, hello, I've been like away for so I long. Know. And it's like, I hear you. I see you. I'm blinded by you. But like, you know, <laughs> here we are. Here it's we just are. Excited. I literally see Let's share the space you. together. So, I mean, in terms of sharing space too, like June is exciting because it's it's a time where like all these celebrations are sharing space, you know, Pride and Philippine Heritage Month and yeah it's so exciting speaking of the sun it's like coming back with a vengeance I don't know like what's happened it's like all of a sudden I'm on the brink of 30 and my skin just does not like the sun and I'm like oh SPF is important which like apparently you're supposed to be taking care of that for like 
Like that should be the most the important skincare uh, part of your routine. And here I am like applying SPF only now thinking I'm like resilient because of my, my Filipino skin. I'm like, my people are always under the sun. We're good. And that was not true because I broke out in heat rash and hot. It was just like a disaster. And so I've just been bulking on like SPF. And so that's just like my new Holy grail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you hold know, up, it is. Hold what up, it hold is. Up. Wait, I'm floored. I'm floored. You have not been wearing sunscreen until now. And you have that skin. How Yo, dare what? you? No, you have the most glorious skin. No, thank you. But you know what? It comes, it comes at a price because like, yes, I do. <laughs> I do have soft skin. But the thing is, <laughs> Is that it's so sensitive. So literally it will react to anything. It's, it's sensitive. I'm a cancer through and through my skin physically and my emotions. Oh my God. (laughs) I am a cancer through and through. (laughs) So yeah, you know, it is, it is what it is, but you know, yes, I'm, we're so excited that it's Philippine heritage month, uh, queer like queer month yeah i guess pride month and indigenous history month we're all really really excited tagalog word the tagalog word of the day is mabuhay mabuhay such a beautifully complex word just like how beautifully complex we are as a nation right now we're gonna have tita paulina paulina's mom use mabuhay in a sentence Mabuhay ang Pilipinas. Mabuhay ang Pilipino. Mabuhay tayong lahat. Mabuhay translates to live in English, commonly used as a international, honestly international way of saying welcome. You'll see it either in uh, the airports or in various types of shows and various types of postings that are Filipino. Mabuhay. It's a festival in Toronto. It's a very nationally known word of welcoming and living. I love that it translates to live. Yes. Right? So commonly used as, as like the welcoming. And it's like, you think it would be like, hello or welcome. It's like, no, live, experience this. The beauty of Tagalog, man. It's such a complex, strange strange to with an ed oh my god Um, (laughs) like language and it's so beautiful but also so confusing can you imagine if like someone was like actually it translates to live and it's like huh you know what then it fits us (laughs) well you know what this podcast was pre-recorded so it's not live anyway (laughs) not live we'll just use it as it fits for our live performance well, it's just Pride Month, <laughs> and um, this one is a special one for me. I mean, I feel like I've been participating in it, in you know, with friends and over the past few years. But this one in particular is one where I am celebrating with my whole family, knowing that I am queer. And also with a partner as well. So it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something that I'm proud of. Um, I mean, it's it's been a tough thing to navigate for sure, especially um, growing up raised Catholic and, and being Filipino. I know that can be really taboo. And so it's, it was really difficult, but um, just kind of 
entering into my 30s, I'm kind of really proud of myself for, you know, uh, not, I don't want to say coming to terms with it, but being able to, you know, live freely, I guess. I think it's just the easiest way for me to put it. It's it's liberating. It, it feels good. I feel like I am stepping into my higher self, which is um, a, a part of me that I didn't really think I could stand, you know, with two feet on the ground and have the love and support of my family also behind me as well and my partner. And so I'm getting a little emotional. I'm kind of happy that my camera is not on right now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's, it's been a long journey. And I just think about um, how, uh, you know, sometimes I kind of have conversations with myself and there's a lot of things that like I feel like have sort of happened over the past few years that I know that my younger self would be really proud of. But I think that my younger self especially would have never guessed this. And so it's definitely a pride month for me because I am really proud of myself and uh, just kind of like a reminder to those people who um, are queer and having difficulties with it too. It's always within your time, whatever you're comfortable with. There's no, you know, there's no um, blueprint on how to uh, kind of navigate this. Um, Either way, it's, it's just been a really beautiful experience. And I don't know, it's really brought me closer to my family and seeing how much love they have for me. And I've had individual conversations with everyone in my family when I decided kind of um, last year to come out to all my family members. Um, and I think that that was the, the turning point where I could actually be you know comfortable with that. And I'm still... There's still a lot of things that I'm I'm getting used to, um, but I don't know. I'm just really happy. It's kind of a different um, experience that I just never expected. Like my little old Ellie would just have never would would have never guessed that this is how I'd be living my life. And and I think it's definitely like the missing piece that I've been um, yearning for for a really long time. And so um, you know it's. It was really hard and difficult, but I don't know. It's, it's really exciting. It's happy. It's like I'm, I'm really getting to to get to know myself on a on a deeper level. And 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 I I've spoken with this over time with my sister about how I knew deep down inside that you know being able to accept this part of me um, is something that I've just been missing and so I it's almost as if like I'm I'm able to see myself clear now <laughs> you know it's really cheesy but it's true like I'm able to see my higher self more clearly and it's something that I was denying for a really long time um because I was afraid of it and you know the world doesn't make it very easy for you to be yourself um and at some point I just kind of got sick of it and I was like, I want to experience love um, fully. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like happy, happy motherfucking pride, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Girl. My yes. heart. Yes. yes. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, I love you. I, I guess just to like, yeah. like, just to like, you know, tack on to what you're saying, like, 
for someone that has that's known you um for so long as long as i have oh my god almost like a decade ellie holy crap yeah, i know Whoa. um you know like the evolution and like like i like when i think of you i think you're one of the most intuitive grounded people <laughs> and you know that i know and to see you as happy as you are and as grounded as you are and who mm-hmm. you are is just just a gift for us to see from the outside and I'm so happy for you and mm-hmm. I love you so much and like I, I I don't think I've ever seen you this happy and that's like like seeing you like these past few years just being like like seeing past things relationships mm-hmm. people in your life and like seeing you as happy and you like it's just it's just it's so amazing to see so I'm so happy for you I love you guys thank so you happy so much for you, Mare. thank you so much yes. Agreed. Agreed. You deserve all this happiness. And, like, I feel like I say I love this for you a lot, but I really love this for you. Thank you. Yeah. second everything that AP said. Oh, I really appreciate you guys. Um, And I think that, like, also tying it back to, like, pizza joke, because I think that, like, especially because um, this can be such a touchy subject within the community, um, you know, specifically... Mm-hmm. however you want to like um identify as um it's something that should be you know talked about more often and and so we do talk about it in in our mm-hmm. show and in a lot of the sketches that we've done and um it's a really exciting thing that now at this point in my life that we can continue on those kinds of conversations um with a different perspective and having these experiences and stuff and you know at the end of the day you know like yes you've heard it like love is love but you know it kind of shown through truly through my family it's like at the end of the day you are who you are and there are going to be a community of people who are going to show you that acceptance and love and validation um it's not going to be easy for everyone and I can only imagine how how difficult it can be. And I have to say, like, I am, I acknowledge how grateful and privileged I am that um, my family did accept me. Um, but it was a long time coming for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy. I was going to say something about my partner, but I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to embarrass him. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's also just nice to see that yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that my family has also accepted them as well, um, including me, which is just something that I could never have imagined. So I'm just, I'm really, really, really happy. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Ellie, mm-hmm. can I actually just, um, just prompt you with a question? Like the cheesy, like, uh, not cheesy, uh, but... If you had a message to any any um, queer Philippine um, young young people out there that are not able to celebrate Pride or not having that just aren't ready yet mm-hmm. to to spread their wings, if you will, um, do you have any words of wisdom or any kind of just like you know mantras you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, like, that's a tough one. But I think that, like, um, as long as you 
continue to have those conversations with yourself, I think. I think that one of, well, for me, one of the scariest things is like um, being able to, being able to have a conversation with um, like vulnerable conversations with yourself. I know people don't really have access to so many resources, um, but just also know that it's like within your own time, you know, no one should ever make you feel forced to, to come out or to tell, you know, um, so I think it's just like really listening to your intuition um, and and only just deciding to take steps if you feel comfortable to, because you're, you know, you're your number one priority. Um, oh my God, I'm tripping over my words, which is so odd for me because you know me, like I'm a talker. Um, <laughs> I must be a little nervous or something like that. It's okay. um, but I think that everyone's experience is different. And at the end of the day, it's like, use your creative outlets to help express what you need to. Um, and, and, and do whatever you need to do to feel safe, whether it means, um, you know, you talk about, you know, being queer in a journal, something that's a secret to you, or you talk about it to a friend who you really can confide in and, and like, you know, feel comfortable and safe with. I also don't have a lot of resources as well. I just, for me, I just knew that, um, at the time that I chose to come out to my family, it felt right. And I'm 29. And so that just goes to show that, like, it took me a really, really long time. It was a long journey. And that's okay. Everyone's journey is going to look different. And it doesn't need to be um, according to anyone else but yourself. Um, and if you feel inclined to do it in a month like this month, we're here to celebrate you. Be sure to have your own celebrations, whether it means that you're coming out to yourself. It's like, that's something to celebrate. It can be an inward celebration, whatever that looks like for you. But celebrate even like any kind of moment or any sort of step that you take as, as little as it may seem because those are all wins, you know? Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess this month also too um, is an opportunity to, you know, have conversations with other people who don't really, who, who can't celebrate this, who still don't understand what this is. Um, I think it is an opportunity to sort of, again, welcome. We're talking about Mabuhai, to welcome people into what pride is. And it's um, definitely a time where people really do need to expand their minds and, and um, accept people for who they are, you know? And so, yeah, I don't know. You spread your wings when you want to spread them. And just because no one knows about it doesn't mean that they're already spread. You know? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. If you see them yourself, they're there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah. I think that's so beautiful what you said because, like... I'm getting emotional because, like, there's so much of this like that I'm like really resonates and I won't I don't really want I won't get into right now but like a lot of that resonates yeah 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 I mean I guess it's something where it's just like I don't have all the words but maybe it's something that I don't need to feel 
maybe it's something that doesn't need to be eloquently said, you know. Yeah, it's because it's wild, right? Like it's holidays and like um, just like the way that society hallmarks days or like situations and all that. It for me, I've, I I sometimes have a hard time celebrating um, specific holidays. I don't know if I'm getting off topic, but like it, like being able to have like a whole month of like of a prompt of a like of something to celebrate I feel like is so much more effective than having like specific like the day of this situation or the day of this or the day of that because it, it's not like we don't just celebrate these things or we don't just talk about these things on a, on one day like as we live our lives we have to continue having those conversations and to continue um spreading the word or continue um, sharing how we feel or being our true selves because at the end of the day um, like that that's the truth and I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that like having these like month like honoring honoring like pride and honoring like Philippine independence and or like and honoring indigenous people like we have a month to do that but it doesn't mean that this is the only month that we have to do that, you know? I think that's where I'm kind of, like, these kind of, like, like holidays are just so frustrating sometimes for me um, in that sense. Because, like, like it shouldn't, it, like, it, this is, like, the jumping off point, and I hope that, like, the ball doesn't drop once, like, you know, like, we have all of this um, excitement. Um, just with any type of movement, too, anyway. I mean, like, it's, I, 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 I guess that's my point. Like, that... It's so, it's so exciting that we have the month, but like I love like like let's bleed it through the year. Let's mm -hmm. bleed it through our lives because it's it's the, the these are the days that we live each day, and like as we like we see with pandemic, um, like like sometimes times are really short, like you know, like or like time just like is always flip flopping everywhere. So yeah, I was taught not to trust my own mind and decisions my body is my body i won't give them an apology indoctrinated habits like smile not your head uh-huh i'll talk less close my legs what that's exactly what i just said are you serious just thinking about what you said about like month-long celebrations i know personally for me i find it a lot easier to like reflect on past years and like the and like throughout the month just like seeing how we started celebrating Pride, and I was like, "What, eighteen out of high school?" And like, understand like the way. How do I put this? I would go to Pride with some of my theater friends, with some of my friends who were queer, and in high school we were like in an art school, and the way that they brought me into Pride and like what it means to celebrate with them was something I hold. I hold like I hold it really special. I hold it near my heart, and June's just always been like. It's my birthday month, but it's also like it's always just a time of the year that I just always get to look forward to because I align it with I align it with pride and I align it with that kind of love and celebration. And then when it became official that June was also going to be Philippine Heritage Month, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And this is um, it's intersectional in that way. So it's just kind of causes more reason to celebrate. And then as the years go on, because 
you know, it's still like Philippine Heritage Month is still like a really recent thing, but I know just like looking at back at how I've celebrated in the past like two years ago, like five years ago, the month of June means something different to me every year. And I'm excited to see how that expands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good reminder too, like, you know, like that all these intersections, like the experiences aren't monolithic. So it is hard to just define them all in one month. And the nice thing about the month versus the day, like AP, what you're alluding to, like, I agree. I think having the month is so great because then it's, it teaches you to like, okay, how do I, yeah. How do I carry this through throughout my entire life? It's not just in one period of time where like I always find it funny like everyone's like oh now I now I'm allowed to put my pride flag up and it's (laughs) like you can have it up all year Mm -hmm. like it's not just like the you know the rainbow capitalism (laughs) like it's (laughs) like guys like you can have that that's a whole other topic that's a whole other topic but like it's funny like I'm on my street and like on Facebook the very few times I'm on Facebook there I'm there's a neighborhood group and so many people are like, oh, like finally we can put up our like pride regalia. And it's like, (laughs) what do you mean by finally? Like Mm -hmm. you should be celebrating this the entire year Mm -hmm. and the year after and the year after. It's not just this one time, um, you know, especially if you're an ally, you should definitely or an accomplice, like you should be celebrating it throughout the year not just the one month Mm -hmm. um if anything though for people where this is all very new to them at least they have this month to introduce them to the idea and then yeah like many of us have already been saying just like how do you integrate that into your your everyday life is is i think the most important thing we should all think about you know yeah yeah totally it's definitely I mean, there's so many things like uh, coming to terms with my queerness, not coming to terms, I don't want to use it, I feel like that sounds negative, but accepting or being able to live through my queerness um, is definitely something new to me. Um, But, you know, not so long ago, I also was still trying to come to terms with my Filipino-ness. and so those kind of, those things work really, those are work hand in hand um, because it's only just up until maybe like maybe five, six years ago that I really started to embrace this part of myself as an artist um, and, and, and sort of like walk through this industry, this performing arts industry as a Filipino. And I think that because a lot of us are quote unquote racially ambiguous, Um, it was really easy to kind of veer on the side of uh, accepting more of your ambiguity. How do you you say that? Ambiguity? Yeah, you got it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like easier to do that because it's, that's more accepted as an actor, especially in the TV and film industry. And so it's, you know, not so long ago, I was still trying to be proud of that. And so, you know, it can be really difficult when you identify with all these different things. Um, and it would be nice to feel safe. Um, and I'm seeing that allyship all year round. 
would make it easier for a lot of people to feel that way. But, you know, when the world is, is not catered to you, to folks who are queer and who are, you know, uh, BIPOC, it's really difficult to, to sort of live in your authentic self um, because it doesn't feel safe. Already, like, there are interactions when I am walking with my partner um, where I do feel unsafe, and it, it, it sucks to walk into specific neighborhoods and, and to have to whisper to each other, okay, it's probably not safe for us to hold hands here. Um, and in addition to that, it's like we're both people of color. We're both Asian. Um, and so there's so many layers to that about safety. And it, and it's something that I had the privilege of not having to deal with, like with that, because, uh, for, you know, most of my life I'd been in a, you know, uh, been in a relationship with a man. And so you never think about your safety, you know, when it's like a, you know, a heteronormative situation, and you're never thinking about your safety. And it's like, all of a sudden I had to switch and it also made me acknowledge like how difficult it must be for people who had felt um, like they had to come out when they were younger or people came out for them. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the feeling unsafe like that. And so um, that is something that I'm getting used to. And I really do feel for people who have to, who have dealt with that for a really long time. And it was kind of like a, like an aha moment in a kind of weird way to be like, oh my God, um, that's something that I have to think about now. And it sucks to have to hide, you know, your relationship for your own safety. But it is what it is. I mean, things are turning around a little bit, but um, just for people who are listening, those are things that as a queer person or as a person of color, that's what you have to think about. Yeah. 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 I love that you brought that up because it's something that I think about like with my sister. Um especially when, you know, right now she's single, but <laughs> not to, you know, like, hey, call <laughs> <laughs> my sister. But I remember like, yeah, like when her and her partner back then, they're, they're good friends now, they're not together, but um, yeah, her and her partner and her partner's trans. And so like for the two of them, it's the same thing. They're like young Asian people and every now like I remember her talking about like yeah you know like you get used to the stairs and it's and I just felt my heart be like oh like being angry like really being angry that people are making making them feel so uncomfortable or unsafe you know like it's hard enough being being POC and uh, uh, you know just like getting the stairs because you don't belong in a space because of the color of your skin uh, but then adding that whole other layer, it's just, I can't, like, I can't imagine, um, y- you know, like, and I'm, like, yeah, my heart hurts. It hurts. But, you know, it's okay. That's why we're having these conversations, and uh, that that's my hope, I think, with, with doing the podcast or doing anything with the Tita Collective is, like, just hoping that what the kind of stuff that we do is kind of, like, a boost or just like a little bit of like a push to 
continue having these conversations because, like, 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 between us, like, it, like, we have an open conversation all the time. Like, we're very open and we're very, and I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but just, like, creating the safe space to have those tough conversations is not that easy for other folks and they don't have those resources but if we're able to share even just like like a little a little crack in the door of like confidence to do that or just inspiration and I think that then I think we're, we're doing the right thing you know <laughs> and like um it's it's exciting that we can, that we do have the opportunity to have these conversations you know and like and, like, to still think that there are countries around the world where being queer is illegal, you know? Like, it's stuff like that that I'm, like, you know, we're, like, I'm really grateful that we can safely have these conversations about the people that we love and care about, you know? Welcome to the Sad Sam Club, baby. You are enough. Hey! We're back from the break and we're going to talk about our experience being Filipinas. Yeah, how how has been your experience? This is such a funny question to ask. Like of of pride and of of maybe moments you weren't proud and moments of reclamation of your identity. I'm it's it's sad that I'm trying to like like I'm going through the Rolodex in my mind of like yeah. oh boy. Where do I we know. start? Chris and I are on Rolodex like <laughs> moment. I literally was thinking I know, Rolodex. right? It's like Girl, I feel you. Yeah, I think one that comes to mind for me is like language. When I meet like titas, I had this experience like the other day actually. One of Malcolm's coworkers is Filipina, and it's that moment of like when you see each other and you're like, yay! But then a lot of the time, if it's an elder, they're like, oh, do you speak Tagalog? And like just that like. I, every time I feel my heart sink being like, oh, I, I don't, I don't speak Tagalog fluently. I was born in the Philippines, but when I came to Canada, my, my parents, because of pressure from other family members, had to make a very difficult choice. You know, I can't really speak for my siblings, but like I can see like the pain when they're like, oh, like we don't speak it. And um, I know when I was a teenager, I had a lot of angst around it, <laughs> but I could see the pain like in my parents' eyes of like every time, like that's, it. I know it was this very difficult decision that they had to make and, and the pressure that they must have felt by family members. And it's a result of, you know, assimilation to have to be like, no, it might be safer for you to actually just only be able to speak English. It hurts, you know? I really feel that grief and that loss, like, there's something that is a part of me, but, or like, I, I just, I can't carry a conversation the way that I would like to carry a conversation with family members, friends, people, you know, other Filipinos, Philippine people that, that speak the language. And it's just, I mean, the closest thing I know for me I have is like music, which I think for many of us is what we have is like the music, which is great. Music has been a big part of reclamation in regards to language. Like I can learn Tagalog through learning Kundimans or OPM and it feels natural. Like my body can can absorb it quicker than I think. My body does recognize the language and will always recognize the language. Also like forgiving myself you know not being so hard on my younger self who holds that shame and and letting her know like 
you were a baby. You didn't have a choice at the time, you know, and and understanding where my parents were coming from when they had to make that difficult choice. And yeah, just have that forgiveness of self. There's so many other aspects of myself that like shows that I'm Filipina, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I guess also an act of reclaiming for me, because I also agree with you, Belinda, like I was born here. And um, unfortunately, when my sister, um, when my sister and my parents immigrated here from the Philippines, my dad was really strict with her, I'm adamant that she learned how to speak English. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that she stuck out like a sore thumb. She was the only person of color in her class when she was in kindergarten. And my dad wanted to make sure that she was assimilated to being Canadian and, and having, you know, being able to speak English fluently and properly so that she could find some sort of safety and, and maybe even stand up for herself. And unfortunately, because of that, she had lost a lot of her Tagalog. And that's just the reality for a lot of parents who who bring their kids here is that they want so badly to be able to speak English properly um, because that's always considered to be superior to being Filipino. And that was my understanding of being Filipino for a really long time. And I really wrote on the fact that people thought that I looked ambiguous in theater school, um, or racially ambiguous, because that was the only thing that I could count on. Being part of the Tita Collective is definitely my way of reclaiming that, because I do want to people, show people that I, that I am actually proud. It just took a lot for me to see what that meant. And um, it took a lot of humbling also, going to the Philippines. And seeing that, like, being Canadian and growing up in North America does not make me superior. And, you know, growing up in high school and also kind of, like, shaming our brothers and sisters who just immigrated from the Philippines by calling them bobs, you know, like, that is also something that, like, not very many people talk about, where it's just, like, there's so much more to it than that. And who am I to call someone a fob? I don't know the struggle. Really, that just shows me how privileged I am. That's a that's a privileged way of behaving. And I'm I'm not proud of it, but I, I definitely thought that there was something to be ashamed of, that you had an accent or that you couldn't speak Filipino properly, or you didn't you you weren't able to make references to um, North American pop culture. I thought that I was superior to my peers who I called Bobs, honestly, and it's not something that I'm proud of. But it's because, you know, the white world will make you feel like that that's not something you can be proud of. Um, and so I'm really proud that we have this platform because we're really trying to um, help others unlearn with us, essentially. Fucking colonialism. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'm thinking a lot about my high school self. And my elementary school self in terms of just like moments that I wasn't proud of being Filipina. And I think I had like a really interesting experience because the elementary school I went to was like it was around Blue West Village, but it was like oddly diverse for the neighborhood. Like and I think I really just maybe like not didn't take full advantage of it, but just really looking back, I feel so grateful to have that like kind of enriched experience but then I went to high school in Etobicoke which was very different where all of a sudden 
where I had like a handful of Filipino friends, but also, uh, I don't want to sound like I have this, but like my friend groups revolved, like revolved around, you know, we had Fili- I had Filipino friends, other Asian friends, Spanish friends, black friends, even my white friends were like, they really leaned into like, they're Polish and this is their culture, this is their Portuguese and everybody kind of did that when we were kids and I feel really grateful for that and then going into high school in a very white dominated place was I feel it kind of just kind of stripped that all away from me and I remember just being so much more aware that maybe there was one or two other Filipinos in the entire school and I went to two different high schools in Etobicoke where one was an art school and one was a very Catholic high school and in both cases, it just felt so much more, lo- it's felt so much more lonely. And I kind of felt like, oh, I don't like, I don't like the skin that I'm in. I don't like the, that I look so different. I don't like that I get really tan in the summer. I don't like that my hair is black and my eyes aren't blue. I remember just feeling really, like, just feeling really ashamed and <laughs> a little bit of like petty 14 15 year old high schooler who has like you know you have like your first crushes and stuff and I had a crush on this one blonde haired blue eyed white boy or brown eyed I can't remember now um <laughs> uh, I can't remember now but um it was just like it was just like I had since I had so many feelings for this and it was kind of like probably like the first kind of big 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 crush that I had and just seeing how he would treat me as a friend versus some of his other friends who were white. And then the girl that he would, the girls that he would then go on to date would look nothing like me. And I couldn't, and I, I know that, I know now that it had nothing to do with me. But especially when you're that age and you're so vulnerable and you're feeling all these feelings for the first time of your life, you can't help but feel that it is something that I did or it is the way I looked. And I remember crying about my appearance, I remember crying about where I came from because it wasn't where they were coming from. And I wanted to be like them so badly. My God, am I glad I, I'm not that way now. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, going off of what Ellie was saying, like being part of the, being part of the TJ Collective is such a huge reclamation for me. And it's like the most whole that I felt as a person. And I don't think I really started this uh, act of reclaiming who I am, where my family comes from until maybe about like maximum five years ago, which really isn't a long time in perspective. And I wish I had done it earlier, but I'm also thinking about what Belinda said in terms of like self-forgiveness and acknowledging like, like that's what that, like those were the bad thoughts I had about myself. These were like the bad things where I tried to shy away from it. But now I think a big act of reclaiming, not only with TJ Collective, um, something that I hold pretty close to me is now that my niece and nephew are like older now, I remember buying them for Christmas, like a book that was full of Filipino folktales. And now they're growing up in a world where, um, you know, their family on their mom's side, we're not shy. Like, we're not shy about being Filipino. Um, we teach them. My mom, like my mom, will teach them the words, or my dad will teach them something like some things here or there too. The customs that at least we grew up with here. Um, 
it's now it makes me really happy to see it being passed on to them but now also me and my ates can also go through our experience of like what we take being filipino as and it makes me really happy to see that doing work with the titas is like we can take like they can see our work too and they can understand another way of being filipino and that just feels like something like a small thing that i can do and yes i'd love it that we can do our show and we can put our work out for so many people in our community and beyond but it really makes me happy that i can do that for my niece and nephew too so that they don't grow up with the same kind of self-hatred it's not just a small thing that you're doing like it's a big thing especially because they look up to you and they love you so yeah just wanted to add that you know um but i guess for me um I, uh, there's a lot of things, well, uh, there's nothing that I can really, like, pinpoint, like, I feel like we could have a conversation about this, like, a whole, like, month series about, like, you know, <laughs> reclamation, and, um, it just, because our lives are so complex, <laughs> um, but I guess if I could narrow it down for this one moment it would be I guess just feeling like like throughout the years that I'd had to dial back my Philippineness um to make other people feel more comfortable you know I it especially at the beginning of the time where the Tito Collective like we were getting like we were ramping up and things were getting really like exciting and folks were getting really excited for us um but like for every one person that was getting excited for us there was like you know like 10 people that were just like huh because they weren't informed there there was there's like a layer of ignorance there um which kind of in part drove us to do what we do with that being said like i think the the censorship of who i am like kind of like backpedaling back to like what Ellie said like her and I went to theater school together like not being able to fully be Filipino to appease the in the musical theater industry the theater industry is one of like my biggest things because it's like you like holding on to ambiguity is was so valuable like I remember teachers telling us like uh because you're a POC like you're fine. Like, you'll find an agent. You'll find this. You'll, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be working. And it's like, yo, like, that's not the case. Because, like, not that I, like, I'm embarrassed or ashamed. Like, like even to this day, I don't have an agent. But, like, and like, I don't have X, Y, and Z. But I do have a lot that I've accomplished in my life and my career that I'm extremely proud of. Um, it just isn't what, like, like, that, like, whole, like, structure the colonial structure of what a successful theater career was or it you know but like it's the reclaiming of like how I wanted to create perform and you know pursue the arts um and and with the Tita Collective and with like for myself being I guess brave I think brave is like, there's a way that the word can sound very, like, <laughs> like, like, cheesy, but there's, like, a bravery in, like, speaking up and being yourself in a pool where literally you're the one, like, colored person in a dance call, you know? Like, 
Like, it's... I remember, like, there were so many moments in my life where I was the one. The one person in, like... Like, the one fit... The one colorful fish in the pond. And... Like, just standing there. Being my... Like, like being the more, like, colored skin person that I am was enough of, like, rocking the boat. But... Um... As time passed by and I became more comfortable as a Filipina artist and like adding that to my, like, like, you know, like to my, my, um, what's it called? That thing that I hate writing? Bio. (laughs) Um, you know, like, like just like integrating more of myself into my art and not making it separate entities, um, was a huge step for me in reclaiming um, my Filipinness, and, like, for me, I feel very privileged that I did have a very, um, enriched, like, Philippine experience growing up, um, like, being very involved within the, like, the Philippine community, and, but there was still, like, the feeling of not feeling enough, (laughs) you know, regardless of, like, if I did speak Tagalog, if I do speak Tagalog, or if I, you know, like, there's always, like, that layer of, like, ooh, but, you know, like, ooh, like, it could be better, and I think it's just also, like, a self-deprecation station, kind of, like, old-school kind of ideal that we all kind of deal with, um, coming from, like, fam, like, our, our families coming, like, being immigrants and, like, having to literally survive, um, just being (laughs) in North America, um, but with that being said, like, just being unapologetically us in what we do has been, like, my biggest step forward, I think, in reclamation because I, I got so freaking tired of dialing it back. It's like, I remember I had a conversation with somebody um, at the beginning of Tita Collective. They're like, oh, you're doing that Filipino thing, the Filipino thing. You know, like, it's, like, stuff like that, those kinds of, like, toxic, uh, like, unintentionally toxic, like, conversations or, like, unintentionally offensive, like, conversations that people have. Oh, it's, like, that thing. It's, like, no, no, no. That thing is my blood. (laughs) That thing is me. That thing is what's been there the entire time. It's just society has not let me be me. And, um, literally just being more cognizant of, like, how I do what I love to do in life, which is the arts, like, is, is, like, my reclamation, and, like, it's what, like, in, what, what's the word, really informs how I, like, braid the next strand, you know, it's very, like, I'm still learning. I'm, there's still so many things that I'm still unlearning for myself that I know that I have to work on. Um, but it's, like, weeding out what is society's, like, disfigured version of what is correct. And, like, claiming the parts that I know I can work on because I want to, like, ultimately be the best version of myself, um, you know? So, yeah, I get yeah. Reclaiming every day, trying to weed out all of the societies, like, you know, cultural, like, the cultural, colonial, 
like fuckery that we are brainwashed with and like just like doing things like this has just been such a huge part of like my blooming <laughs> what growing oh season God. and then the image it's that like I... growing season exactly whoa my boo height live <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally i see the like the onion the blooming onion from like a cne and that's the picture i have in my brain i right mean that's now. a great image so <laughs> i don't see anything wrong with that have this, i'm sure we can have this conversation in another podcast but like even just like body dysmorphia oh, yeah. in terms of like what like culturally is like appropriate appropriate and i'm saying this in air quotations um in like the filipino like the filipino lens is so heavily influenced by colonialism oh, yeah and like and how unattainable those like ideals are and like i really love how society these past few years especially with like with TikTok, I vouch for it because, like, I follow a lot of tags where it's about embodiment, like, like, just, like, um, letting everyone, like, come together with those hashtags of, like, hashtag mid-sized bodies or hashtag, like, love yourself, self-love, like, finding, like, people that have the same, like, that have the same struggles, um, within cultural, like, communities and like and like the cross-cultural communities that that society has really like like brainwashed us with like those kinds of like crappy ideals like like I'm excited I guess I'm just really excited that we're moving forward that we're able to communicate in a more active way and like find each other as humans in the internet (laughs) you got it yes yes (laughs) You know, like, th- that's, like, one of the big reasons why I have TikTok Yo, same. is because I am able to find, like, common ground with a lot of folks. Because, like, you know, the Filipino, like, ideal of what a perfect body is or the perfect skin is or the perfect whatever. Whatever perfect is in whatever world that you live. Like, you know, it's so, it's so skewed. It's so, like, like, like every, like body of dysmorphia is so freaking real and like culturally specific with filipinos like we're we're told a certain way of looking is so is correct so anyways that is like loaded and i feel like <laughs> we can talk about this for i could talk about this for hours so i'm gonna just like put a pin in it and we could talk about <laughs> it oh we can make a whole episode on that yeah any social media tying it back to like what we we're talking about like it is like a beautiful thing to see people like sharing how they're living through their their pride and reclamation of themselves, whether it is, you know, spe- specifically to this month being like, you know, part of the LGBTQ plus um, community or um, being a Philippine person or being indigenous because it's also indigenous history month and um and seeing and seeing people having the willingness to share it with those who have probably never come across people like us before which I'm just I guess I'm mostly talking about white people but yeah (laughs) I mean you know but even for like young people especially to feel like they can they can be loud and proud as well and and be proud of their community that 
and or communities that they are part of and it's you know yeah like the work that we do like same like with tita that's also been a part of my reclamation being able to just be unapologetic and not censor oneself is it's so liberating and all those voices that tell us that we're not allowed like they become quieter and quieter and quieter or you have the strength to be like hey like f that like what you're saying because it's not ourself it's an outside thing that's seeped into us it's like it's not welcome here it's not welcome in this space in this body like i am i am proud mm -hmm. of who i am actually and you cannot tell me otherwise <laughs> i love watching the youth on these platforms especially tiktok because i spend way too much time on there uh i am learning so much from them and like Oh, I had to put the, like, the, I think of, um, I follow a couple of like mid-sized Filipino women who were like, um, kind of like what you were saying earlier, AP, about like the body dysmorphia, um, which is really nice to see. Um, I think a big thing, like I see people who are teaching, uh, Tagalog words in like different videos, what it means, how to use it in a sentence. I'm like, I personally find that really helpful because I also didn't grow up knowing like learning the language um but you know like and I'll do like you know the daily apps on like the Tagalog app on my iPhone but it also just makes me it's a nice little sense of community when you get to see other people like teaching what they know how they can use it hearing stories about from other people who are currently living in the Philippines right now and what does that mean or people who have immigrated here recently um one of my favorites is people who are teaching about like Philippine like Filipino history and what the Philippines was like before like you know before colonialism like I didn't I love that I managed to find like that these these videos can show up on my for you page but I'm learning so much and it's a different way of feeling connected and I really love that no I prefer my make believe to their bullshit I work within it but at the end of shift I build spectrums on the internet I art attack cause I'm an empath foundations Filipinex no limits on how I choose to express with my pixels and my queerness you can't hold me back and that was another awesome episode of the Tita Collective podcast thank you so much for tuning in and being here with us tonight this morning this afternoon wherever whatever time that you're listening to us today. Um, and we can't wait to see you at the next one or hear you at the next one. You can catch us on our social medias. And we also have a shop on our website, titacollective.com. You can find some merch there that we are selling. We still have our spring summer collection up there. We have a few colors and sizes still available. So check that out and check out our Instagram for more updates. If you buy our merchandise, every month we donate a portion of all proceeds to charity. So this month we are donating to the Indian Residential School Survivor Society. So if you go on our website, purchase a shirt, a portion of the sales will be donated to them. And we also wanted to plug some 
awesome community organizations and businesses that have helped us along the way and uh, promote Philippine culture. We are going to give a shout out to Tinuno, who is going to be opening up a new location at Scarborough Town Center. Y'all better check it out. And they have a new location in Little Manila as well. So definitely have your summer boodle fight ready and and just enjoy that awesome food also want to plug panai collection which was founded by jovi galit and also rise tribe so check all those people out they are amazing it's my life i can cry if i want to cry if i want to cry if i want to it's my art i can rage if i want to rage if i want to cry This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 